the point of niching is to focus your marketing asset. It's not to limit the scope of business that you can do. Welcome to the Biz and Life Done Well podcast, where we explore what it means and what it takes to do business and life well. I'm your host, Peter Wilson. If you're like me, you're intrigued by stories of common people who have achieved uncommon success in business and life. Join me as I interview fascinating people about how they got started, their successes and failures, their habits and routines, and what inspires them. Today, I'm joined by Charlie White. He is the owner of a marketing agency for small business. The name of his agency is Site and Search Setup. Uh, Charlie is coming to us from Chicago. He recently moved there. And a little inside story here, his family has been family friends of ours for a long time. And he and my son are good friends as well. So I've known Charlie quite a while and am excited to have him today on the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the value of selecting a target market for your business. We also call that niche or niching. Charlie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Pete. I'm thrilled to be doing my first ever podcast. So far, so good. I'll make sure the engineers make you sound great. I think it's a dream that everybody has to be on a podcast at some point. So, As you know, at my agency, bizmarketing.com, we've been certified as coaches for the one-page marketing plan by Alan Dibb, which is a book by Alan Dibb, really simplifying the marketing process for small businesses. We were talking about the value of niching and Charlie, you have your own take on this. So Charlie, you're just starting your marketing agency and you're selecting your target market, just trying to figure out how to get started. What does that journey look like for you so far? I was aware of the advice pretty early on reading books. It's common that you hear people say, niche down, pick a target market. Um, And I was resistant to the idea like I'm sure almost every business owner that you work with is. I think people think that picking a niche means saying no to most other businesses that you would be happy to work with. So for me, like getting started, I was like, well, build a website for anybody. I don't care if they're in my niche or not. And I don't know exactly what changed my mind, but I think the advice just wore me down. And so eventually I was like, okay, if you hear something enough times, there's got to be some truth in it. So I have picked a niche. I followed the advice within one page marketing plan, the Mm -hmm. PVP framework that he talked about, which is, we can go into that later, but went through his framework for picking a niche. And I've decided on doing it towards adventure-based businesses. And so somebody like a, I'm I'm building a, basically a demo website for my portfolio. And the business avatar is like a whitewater rafting company. And Mm. so trying to, at least start this process of, okay, this is a type of industry, not whitewater rafting in particular, but the whole adventure tour guide based businesses. Like it's something that I find interesting and what websites are important to those businesses. That's cool. I like where you're headed there. So what Alan talks about in the book, he starts off the chapter by saying, when I ask business owners who their target market is, many tend to respond with everyone. Mm-hmm. And in reality, that means no one. 
Mm-hmm. So when I started my agency, I basically would work with anybody who would raise their hand and say, hey, I need marketing help. You brought up a good point before we got on here that just because you are focused on a particular niche or target market doesn't mean that you don't have to take work from others as well. Mm-hmm. You want to expand on that a little? Yeah, I think niching is important for marketing. But marketing is not the entirety of your business. And so Mm. the processes that you have in place, yeah, they can go toward your niche market or anybody else who needs a website marketing services. Mm. But the point of niching is to focus your marketing asset. It's not to limit the scope of business that you can do. Right. So it's to make your marketing more More effective because you're narrowing it down. Yeah. That's one thing because people do business with people they know, like, and trust, which we talked mm-hmm. about that a lot. One of the benefits of focus on a particular area is right away, you're narrowing down your focus of who you're trying to get in front of, right? You're not trying to broadcast a message to every business owner in the, in the world. Mm-hmm. You're, you've already narrowed it down significantly by saying adventure. Do you say outdoor adventure? Yeah, I would say. Which so you've already narrowed that. There's much more of that going on in Seattle than Chicago, unfortunately. But <laughs> well, maybe you can, you can do business from anywhere. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so you've already narrowed down the focus. For example, we have focused our marketing on small service type businesses. So ones that are providing professional services like a CPA or a law firm or a a wellness service such as a a dental practice or a chiropractor Mm -hmm. or a specialty doctor. For example, we have a couple of foot doctors that we do work with. So it's very specific to service and professional services, health and wellness service providers um, has been sort of our niche. When we got started, we would just work with anybody. If you look at our list of customers, we still have folks that don't fit into that niche at all that are good customers. We're helping them out. Walk me through your process with the PVP. In the book, he talks about analyzing yourself. A lot of times it says it's an entrepreneur who is trying to decide what niche to go into. And it's he talks about P, personal fulfillment, V, value to the marketplace, P, profitability. So that's the PVP. Did you apply that to your business in any way? I did. Most of it came, I think, through personal fulfillment. I was talking with a business mentor, and she really emphasized, hey, before we get started, we need to kind of build your avatar, find a niche. And so her guiding questions were like, what interests you? What types of business would you find really interesting and captivating to work for? And I think, yeah, outdoor adventures just came to mind. Me and you have a long history of skiing together. Like, it's, yeah, it's part of what I do. It's part of me. And so kind of from there, it was, well, this, this, the V and the second piece so the value to the marketplace and the profitability, they don't like cross out personal fulfillment. So basically those adventure-based businesses, a website is valuable for them. Right. A lot of times they do make enough money to basically pay well. 
And so I guess the, the personal fulfillment was kind of the, the catalyst to get me interested. Then the value and the profitability also checked out. That's great. If you think about that niche, it seems like a lot of those companies, some have locations, but some don't. Some are more yep. like, we're going to go somewhere. And so mm-hmm. they really don't have a maybe a physical location to speak of. And it seems like the website itself is going to be hugely important. I'm thinking of one company here that I'm aware of a little bit. It's, I think it's called Cascade Cat Skiing or something like that. They have a bunch of cats. It's a big box that they can drive over the snow to take you mm-hmm. skiing. It's on the way between here and Stevens Pass. And they have place there, but it's halfway between Gold Bar and Stevens Pass. And mm-hmm. it's not a place you're going to drive there to get information. Yeah. Just for reference, we've driven to Stevens Pass a hundred times. And I yeah. didn't know this place was on the side <laughs> of the highway. So yeah, a company like that, it seems to make a lot of sense. It's funny, the way that I ended up in my niche had nothing to do with personal fulfillment at all. It was more like mm-hmm. personal experience. I yeah. started off after I left the corporate world in marketing, started my first area in marketing was car dealers. Didn't have any interest in car dealers, but a guy that I had met started a company to make websites for car dealers. And I was really interested in the website side of things. So we joined forces and started a company and that turned out pretty well. And then was in the corporate world for a long time. And then after that, it was turned out that my, I guess, personal fulfillment had to do with just my friends. And it just turned out that I had a lot of friends that were dentists or lawyers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is a, I've been wondering since you said this earlier, but people do business with who they like, trust, and know, like, and trust. Know, like, and trust. And so a lot of getting business in my stage and your stage too, it's, it's kind of going out networking, meeting these people who you know, like, and trust and finding opportunities together. If you're only going to try to, for me, if I'm only going to try to meet adventure based businesses, it's a needle in a haystack when I'm going out to, to a networking event. Like maybe there's oh, one yeah. types yeah, of it, these people. The, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I guess how do the two ideas of, of picking a niche and also kind of building a network and finding people who you know, like, and trust, like how do those two things come together? It's mm-hmm. a great question. Well, first of all, it's no. So my advice would be to figure out where these people hang out. Mm-hmm. What do they read? If anything, where do they hang out? Where are they centered? Are there, are there areas where they were the owners of these businesses or the people who work at those businesses? Like, are there shows they go to? Meaning are there like trade shows, for example, are there associations that they're members of like an outdoor association of some sort? And maybe you could join that organization. A lot of times companies that are into this sort of thing will um, create associations because there's lobbying that they're doing or advocacy for what they do. So those those are uh, a few things that I would consider. Yeah. 
And then in, in terms of the outdoor adventure thing, part of it would just be to familiarize yourself with who's out there, like do some of it. You know what I mean? Like if, you know, if it's whitewater wrap, go on one of their trips and, mm -hmm. you know, that sort of thing. And that, and then ask them, I think the best source of information is the individuals who you're targeting, like try to get to know one or two and just ask them, you know, mm -hmm. Hey, I'm interested in meeting other folks like you. What would you recommend? Don't even try to sell them on your services at all. Yeah. Hey, that's I love that answer. One, like if, if there's a association of outdoor businesses, do you think that they would let I'm not an outdoor business. Would they let a, you know, a lot? Yeah, a lot of times they'll let join. vendors join organizations or associates join organizations. Okay, they they always have a way to take your money. So yeah, and and awesome. even if it's just figuring out who is in that association, you don't even need to join it. Just figure out who's in it and look at the list, and then there's your list of companies you want to target. Mm -hmm. That's where I would start there, and obviously the sort of the last step there is creating that avatar. I'll just take a guess. It's going to be a dude or a couple or a woman who is super outdoor minded, who owns an, or you're probably going to deal with the owner or maybe their right-hand person who is in charge mm -hmm. of marketing at the organization. And most of these folks are probably going to have a website, but it's probably going to be garbage. So. Mm -hmm. That's, I'm guessing, you're going to be your, your opportunity, but you're going to want to create that avatar of that person as well, which is an avatar is just kind of a, a composite of who that individual is, what they do, how old they are, what do they read, again, what association, where do they hang out, all kinds of things. What was their path? Did they go to college? What's their education? That sort of thing. Because that will definitely help you relate in your marketing to mm -hmm. those people. So for B, like we're both B2B businesses, do you create an avatar for that business owner and their business? It's clearly got to be the person because people are the people that bu people buy from businesses or actually people buy from people. You have to look at the business and then look at who is that person that is likely to either recommend or approve the purchase of the services or who's the decider basically and that's the person you want to create the avatar for so i think coming up with an avatar is almost the perfect task for chat gpt gpt is very good at serving cliches and it's almost like that's what you want out of your avatar. You kind of want what the typical adventure guide business owner would be or for you, the typical CPA. Right. And yeah, I, I like, I think you could get a, a very good avatar leaning on ChatGPT. That's a great idea. So how, how would you propose forming that question? Just not, not specific, but just generally what, what do you, what would you ask? To ChatGPT? Yeah. Um, once you've identified who that target would be. So once I've gotten to the point of, okay, adventure tour guide business as it is, probably just come up with 
identify a, a pretend company for this guy or girl mm-hmm. to run. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now ChatGPT, tell me what this person's interests are. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me what associations they're a part of. Tell me, I don't know, where they're from. So it takes a few prompts. I think ChatGPT, anything you're asking it to do, keep keep digging. And so if you just say once, give me a mm-hmm. description of this person, it won't be as good as if you if you just keep if you ask basically a similar question five different ways mm. and then pull pull what you like out of each answer. Right. There's a lot of ways you can do it, but yeah. chat GPT kind of supplies the creativity, but you do have to be persist- persistent in like finding the questions that you want answered. Sounds like you got some work to do. Mm. Always. If you own a business and you're already an established business, it's still not too late, as we said, to do this process, even though this is step one of the one-page marketing plan, you can still do this exercise to create a marketing plan for a particular niche. Now, one other thing I'd like to add, though, is that if you have multiple niches that you target for your customers, let's say you decided to focus on outdoor adventure companies, and outdoor equipment companies. You would want to create the whole one-page marketing plan for each niche. Mm -hmm. Because the way you're going to reach that audience and attract them and do business with them could be completely different. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Charlie, as you go through this? Just back to the kind of where we started the value of it one thing that alan did writes that stuck out to me is once your services are tailored towards this specific type of business then the amount that you can charge become irrelevant if my solutions are customized towards your specific business type i can charge a lot more for those solutions whereas if they're generic you're competing with hundreds of other companies that offer mm, the same thing. Right. So it, the value comes from in one aspect, you're spending less on marketing because you're talking to less people. On the other mm-hmm. side, the value comes from you can charge more for these services because they are tailored towards the specific problems that these businesses mm-hmm. face. That's a great point. I've found in terms of working with law firms or dental practices, professional services, Mm -hmm. or wellness services, when you use their language. So for a law firm, you talk about clients Mm -hmm. with a dental practice or chiropractor. They're always, they're talking about patients and new patients or NP for short. And when you discover their language and the vocabulary that they use, in that niche, it can be super powerful and really resonates with the individuals that you're meeting with. And it immediately gives them a sense that you know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's such a subtle difference too, just the language of cl- clients versus patients. But I totally see what you're saying. And a lot of times learning a language of a business is it's difficult. Like I remember I started my corporate job and first 
few months, it was just learning a language. And so I imagine it's the same for any type of job. Mm -hmm. They all have their own language that they speak. Exactly. Yeah. So that's part of that discovering the target market and then reusing that obviously in your marketing materials as well. But it really, it gives you that, but that niche gives you that leg up. Yes. And I'm sure there's several ways to do it, but there's, it's not a ton of work to segment your marketing lists and change. Make sure that you're sending patients to your dentist email list and clients to your lawyer email list. Right. And part of it is just the conversations you have and the email communications. We, we're using it more in terms of the actual conversations we have with potential mm. new clients where we'll slip in, hey, we only work with services businesses. We don't work with retail. We don't work with restaurants. We don't work with real estate, residential real estate. Right away, we get credibility with mm -hmm. the potential customer of ours or potential client of ours because we're telling them that we're not working with all these other businesses. We just have chosen to focus on a more narrow set of businesses. And then we talk about specifically about the wellness niche or the professional services niche. And so do you feel that gives you the ability to charge more? I, I wouldn't necessarily say charge more, but I would say that the conversations that we have are more productive and mm -hmm. our close rate is pretty high. I wouldn't necessarily say we've found a way to charge more. That's probably on me just to be a little more diligent about the way we charge for our services. <laughs> but I do feel like there's a lot of value in that for the client as well, because you skip a lot of steps. You're familiar with their yep. type of business. Yeah. And in a lot of cases, we know some of the same people, like some of the law firms that I talked to, half the people went to law school with other clients of mine mm -hmm. or dental school dentists. They all know each other. Mm -hmm. And so it really creates a shortcut. Once you get your first couple, you'd be shocked at how the ball starts rolling. I'm excited to get to that point. First, there's one and then, and then you go from there. Charlie, this has been a great conversation today. I appreciate having you on my podcast and congratulations. You survived. I've had a lot of fun. Thanks, Pete. Good. Well, let's do it again. Talk soon. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Biz and Life Done Well with Peter Wilson. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and most of the other popular podcast platforms. Please tell your friends about us and leave us a review so even more people will find out about us. Thanks again. We'll see you soon.